Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Primarily on the in-gathering of exiles, we are a live show, and we encourage you to call in with all of your comments or questions. If you are stuck in North America or on the way to the airport, you should call in on our North American number at 301-768-4841. That's 301-768-4841. If you are here, if you are fortunate enough to be here in the land of Israel, you should call our number at 02-650-0151. That's 02-650-0150. We are so excited to be back with you today. We have lots of exciting topics to speak about. I'm here with my co-host, Rabbi Moshe Lichtman of Beit Shemesh. Yes, thank you for joining us today. Um, as Josh said, we have some interesting things to talk about, some things that really we were going to talk about last week, but... Uh, last week's uh, <laughs> last week's show was uh, was a big one. It was a big one. We really had a lot to say about that article. So um, let's let's get right into it. So one of the things we wanted to talk about was this um, this big interview that Chagai uh, Segal, I think, is his name. Uh, it's on the internet. It's on YouTube. Uh, he had with Ben Shapiro, the famous Ben Shapiro. What? Amit Segal. Amit Segal. Sorry, sorry, right, sorry. And uh, he basically asked him, why don't you make Aliyah? Which I've asked myself also. He is such an influential person. He is such a talented person. He's a, a Jew, of course, and, a, and actually a religious Jew. And he can do so much good here. Um, and he was asked, why he doesn't make aliyahs, as Amit Segal said to him. I'm going to ask you very bluntly, because uh, he first evaded the questions. And he said, very bluntly, why don't you make aliyah? Which is, you know, a question we could ask many, many Jews. But not everybody is as famous as Ben Shapiro. And Ben Shapiro answered that question. We'll give you his answer in a second. But but I want to hear from you, Josh. Um, you, the next day, I think, had a whole discussion with him um, at, uh, where was it? At Harabayit, uh, Temple Mount, or, or in, in your, near your home in, uh, Mount of Olives. So you want to tell us about that? Sure. So, so I, I had the fortune of taking Ben around, and, uh, we had a conversation about, uh, his comment. I actually started off the conversation by saying, do you know what your most controversial statement was during the CPAC, during this, uh, conference? And he wasn't exactly sure what I was getting at. And I said, of course, the most controversial thing you said was when you were asked whether you were going to make Aliyah, and you said that you well, we're going to give the answer in a second, that you weren't. But um, so that, that I, I believe that was the most controversial statement he made. 
And uh, he was a little bit taken aback by that because he didn't think that was, he didn't think that was the most controversial statement he made. But I think that it made uh, a lot of waves here in Israel, especially amongst uh, former American Jews that live here in the Holy Land, uh, because we all want to see great personalities like Ben come to Israel. I should note that his wife is is an Israeli uh, doctor, and uh, so that's even more of a reason to want to come home. But uh, we spoke about it, and I and, and basically, do you want to give his answer in verbatim, or you want me just to, to summarize? I mean, verbatim is going to have to. If you know it's, if you could summarize it, that would be better because I'm going to have to listen to it, and then you know, it, there's going to be a, a, a gap. So if you remember more or less what he said, it would be better. So, so it, it, basically, what he came up with was that uh, he has, and this is what we spoke about. He he has influence over millions of people in America. And he feels that that influence, um, is, and, and many people, I should say, feel this way, that their influence, their sphere of influence is most, strongest when they are abroad, when they're not in Israel, perhaps as, a, as an individual person. And even as a nation, some people feel um, that their their opinion, their their uh, their hashkafat uh, olam, their 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 worldview is that Jews have to be, and we've spoken about this before on the show, all around right. in the diaspora in order to have the most influence on what's going on in the world, in order to be involved in politics in different countries, in, in order to be involved in different societies, and that's how we have all the influence that we have on the world, and that is one of the goals of the Jewish people is to be an only goyim, a light into the nations. And how are right. we able to be a light into the nations if we're not amongst the nations? So he felt that, you know, he has this incredible influence, an incredible platform where he speaks to millions of people and people listen to him. And if he gives Galiyah, assuming that he wouldn't be able to do the same thing he's able to do uh, here that he does over there, that he just would not have the same amount of influence that he has um, when he's in the United States. That's uh, simply right. put. He, so, he actually we, brought up that, that concept. He actually said uh, the the famous uh, concept of or la goyim to be a, a light unto the nations. And that's what he sees himself as doing. I, I'm not so sure he couldn't do that here. I mean, we're living in an age with the internet that you can do anything from abroad. I mean, a lot of people today have jobs in, uh, live in Israel and have jobs in America. There's really no reason why he couldn't continue doing that and, you know, maybe take trips every once in a while to back to America. But, I mean, look, he, he moved from California to Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, that didn't seem to make a difference. Uh, why would it make a difference if he moved to Israel? But I think it's something much bigger than that. But let me first hear what you have to say. So, so I, I think I think it was clear that the problem is not a problem of location, like you said today with the modern technology and the internet, especially when you're doing a, a show that's over the internet, like we do, uh, and like Ben does. There's really no difference if you're in Nashville, Tennessee, or Los Angeles, or in Florida, or in Jerusalem. It's all it's all the same because we're we're doing the same show. We're we're reaching out to the same amount of people. I, I think it was more. And, and by the way, to his credit, he does much more than just the show. He goes on speaking tours. He speaks on college campuses. He does a lot of incredible stuff besides just the show. But he felt, and and, and I'm, I'm sort of putting some words in his mouth because he didn't say it exactly like this, but it, this is the gist. 
conservatism, and he's adding to that platform of American conservatism also an idea of bringing Jewish values or religious values into it. Now, if he were to be here in Israel, he would no longer be seen as an American Jew. He'd be looking, he'd be looking at it as an Israeli. He wouldn't have that influence on, on the American conservative society that he has uh, where he's at now. So that, that's basically what he says. In a nutshell, I understand exactly where he's coming from. I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, not arguing that that is a point of view. I disagree with that point of view. And uh, I'm, I'm sure I've said it before on the show that uh, I'm fond of telling the story about how I was uh, speaking on one of my tours in the United States to a Chabad community. And the, after speaking about Aliyah, the rabbi got very defensive about my words. And he got up and he said, he said, you know what? My dream is to move to Israel. I would love to move to Israel. I would do it in a heartbeat. But you know what? We were always taught by the Lubavitcher Rebbe, by our rabbi, that when a ship is sinking, there's a, a, a mashal. When, when, the, when a ship is sinking, the last one to get off the ship, he used to tell us, is the captain of the ship. The job of the captain of the ship is to make sure that everyone's safe. And we, as representatives of Shluch Echabad, we are representatives, representatives of the Rebbe, we are, were sent, we were tasked to be sent to all the different communities, the Jewish communities around the world, and to be the captain of the ship to make sure that when it's sinking, that everybody is safe. So I subsequently got up afterwards, and I, and I said to him, Rabbi, I want to commend you and your family on the, your willingness to risk your lives for the sake of the Jewish people. I said, meanwhile, the real job of a captain of a ship when the ship is sinking is to make sure that everybody gets off the ship. I said, if you're not getting everybody, if you're not actively involved in getting everybody off the ship, then you're really not doing your job. And that is basically like what I told Ben. I said, you, you really took the, the, the Chabad worldview because you see yourself as a representative of the Jewish people, and you, you definitely are very popular and have definitely a platform that reaches millions of people. On the other side, your real job should be to get everybody off the ship. Now, how to, how to, to, to do that, how to be able to, on one hand, influence millions of American conservatives that are not connected to Judaism at all, and on the other hand, try to push out, yeah, it's, it's a very sensitive subject. It's, it, it would not be easy to do. I, 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 if anybody could do it, Ben Shapiro can. But I think that he, he definitely has a, a point. Yes, for sure. Um, on the other hand, uh, we've, we've always said that the way to really be a light unto the nations is to be like a lighthouse, meaning the light should be coming from the land of Israel. Everyone should look in to us. We shouldn't be spread out amongst the world. We should be shedding our light, casting our light from Israel. I mean, eventually, everyone agrees that eventually all Jews are going to move to Israel and we're still going to be a light onto the nations because people are going to look at us and say, wow, that's the way a nation should uh, should act. Okay, we're, we're at a break. We, uh, we, have, to, we have to quickly, uh, you know, move to a break. So come, uh, you know, stay with us. We'll be right back in two minutes.
Okay. Um, so for you listeners out there, I know that we've been having a little bit of te- technical difficulties. Uh, Josh is uh, out in the field, so to say, and uh, his connection is not so great. We're still going to try, right, Josh? Can you say something? We'll see if we can hear you. Whoa. Okay, I can't hear you. Uh, Josh, you there? I'm still here if you can hear me. Oh, now that's much better. That's much better. I don't know where you are, what you, where you moved. Just stay right there. Um, so, okay. So, so the, the point is, you know, we were talking about, you know, Ben Shapiro's uh, influence. And, and this, you know, we're not just talking about one person. We're talking about Jews in general because there are a lot of Jews who are doing very good things. And they feel like, you know, they're, they're indispensable in, in what they're doing. And especially those who are in... Kiruvin are trying to bring Jews back, and they're afraid if they leave, they're not going to be able to. So our Rebbe, Rav Shechter, always always said, you know, the graves graveyards are filled with indispensable people, meaning there's no such thing as an indispensable person. You know, you, you it's not like if you leave, oh my gosh, all of American Jewry is going to fall apart, and 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 millions of Jews are going to stop keeping Torah and mitzvot because you left. Okay. I do agree that some people do have a shlichut, a, a, a mission to try to bring Jews back and help Jews. But as Josh pointed out, one of the messages that has to be given over is the message of Aliyah. Like we discussed last week, that it's one of the most important mitzvot in the Torah, uh, contrary to what uh, my student uh, seemed to say. Um, and also, it is the mitzvah of the hour. It is the most important mitzvah of our time, specifically, because God has given us back the land. So, so okay, I can understand. Some people have this mission that they have to, you know, try to mimic people, and maybe everyone should donate some of their time. You know, there's a famous uh, statement of Rav Moshe Feinstein where he says that just like a person has to give a tenth of his money to tzedakah, so he also has to give a tenth of his time to helping other people. And he was talking about um, you know, someone who wants to learn and they, you know, they, they can learn on a very high level, uh, and they should do that, of course, but they should also donate, so to say, part of their time, uh, let's say around a 10th of their time to helping other people, to helping the, the students in the, in the yeshiva that are less, uh, talented than him and, and helping them learn, helping them, uh, you know, progress in their learning. So, so to hear. You know, maybe some people who need to do a shlichut, who need to do a mission helping Jews, should do so for a year or two or three. But, you know, eventually the end goal is for the Jewish people to return to the land of Israel. And therefore they can't use that as an excuse to forever remain in the diaspora. But but uh, I want to just, I want to say something else. And I think, you know, maybe specifically for Ben Shapiro, um, it's not just, you're right, there's almost no doubt that he will be able to do more for you know American Jewry um, in America than if he makes Aliyah. But what about Israeli Jewry? What about almost the majority, or certainly more Jews living in Israel than, than, than outside of Israel? Um, I think his talents can be used here. You know, we need someone on his caliber. And now I know his Hebrew is not as good as his English, but uh, you know he's he's a pl- pretty clever guy. He can he can 
study Hebrew for a while and he'll be pretty good. He'll be still better than a lot of other people and getting across his his ideas. Maybe he should go into politics here. He should come and make Aliyah, go into politics here and and be maybe be one day a big leader of the Jewish people here in Israel. And I think every Jew has to say that, you know, maybe you could do something in America and you're good at it. But that doesn't mean you can't do something similar in, in Israel and be good at it here also. Use your talents to help Jews in Israel. This is the end goal. This is where we belong. And therefore, this is really where I think people should be um, should be using their talents to the fullest. Again, you want to donate. You want to give some time. Uh, towards uh, some other, you know, some some other people outside the land of Israel. Okay, especially if you were born outside the land of Israel and you feel a uh, special connection and you feel that you have the ability, the same language to talk to people. Okay, do that. Do that for a limited time and then come to Israel. And let the let the younger, let the let, let the next generation, the your your peers, let them do it for a year or two and then come back. But the end goal has to be that the Jewish people return to the land of Israel. This is the land that God gave us. And we, and, and if we're going to not take this gift that he gave us, he's going to take it away from us. And that's more important than any other shikul, any other consideration that a person can possibly have. Josh, are you there? Let's see if we can hear you now. Whoa. Josh, you there? Uh, not so great. <laughs> not so great again. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I'm going to mention one other thing, um, <laughs> with the time that's remaining. Um, and that is an idea. I have to find it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. You, you all know that tonight is Tu Ba'av, right? Tu Ba'av. The 15th of Av. We know the month of Av is a very sad month. But on the other hand, um, there is one day in the month of Av that is considered, according to the Gemara, as one of the happiest days in the Jewish calendar. It is a day that the Gemara talks about. There are some five or six different opinions as to why it is such a special day, but it is, according to the Gemara, one of the happiest days, and it's become in Israel like a sort of Valentine's Day, <coughs> because the the, the Talmud uh, describes how how the women would go out to dance and the men would come, uh, young young boys would come, young men I should say, would come and. Uh, and get their, themselves a wife, etc. So, um, so there are many reasons given. Okay, now one of the reasons that is given is that during the first temple, the evil kings of Israel posted guards on all the roads leading to Jerusalem to prevent to prevent the Jews from fulfilling the mitzvah of Ali Al-Regal of making pilgrimages to the temple on the three major holidays. The reason for that was because the kings of, of, of Israel, which was the, more, the northern kingdom, they were unfortunately idolaters and they didn't want Jews to go up to Jerusalem and serve the true God. 
and therefore they made it a a uh, punishable crime to go on the three major holidays up to to Jerusalem. So one of the reasons that the Gemara, that the Talmud gives for why Tuba'av is marked as a special day is because that's when those roadblocks were abolished. On the day of Tuba'av, those roadblocks were abolished. The problem with saying this is that elsewhere, there's another Gemara in in uh, Gittin, if I'm not mistaken, where the Talmud says that this seemingly auspicious event was one of the direct causes of the exile. For the Jews neglected to take advantage of their newfound freedom and visit the temple three times a year. Meaning, yes, those roadblocks were lifted, but the Jews stayed home. They didn't come on Aliyah. And when God saw that, he said, that's one of the reasons why I'm going to destroy, I'm going to finally destroy the temple. So you would think, you would think that why should we celebrate Tubaav anymore? It ended up being a reason for the destruction. The answer is, and this is very relevant to our day and age and to the modern return to Zion and the fact that we believe that it is a positive thing, and that is that God gave us a gift. He gave us a gift and he somehow arranged that things would change and that these roadblocks would be removed and now Jews would be able to go to Jerusalem and, and, um, and serve God. The Jews misused this gift, and they didn't take advantage of it and come and do what they were supposed to do with it. But does that take away from the great gift that God gave them, that he allowed them to come? No. We just misused it, and we are at fault. That's not a reason for us to say, oh, there's no reason we should celebrate Tuba'av anymore. Tuba'av is when God gave us the gift. If we didn't use that gift properly, and in fact we misused and abused it, that's our problem. That's not God's problem. God gave us a perfect gift. We misused it. The same thing could be said about the modern return to Israel. God gave us this most amazing gift. You know, a lot of people have all compl- many complaints about the modern state of Israel, ter- some terrible things that have happened here from a religious perspective, some of the early leaders, the things they did to the religious community. And uh, there are problems. It's not, it's not a perfect state yet. So some people want to argue, well, how could you say Hallel? How could you praise God for giving us the state of Israel when it's when all these terrible things have happened? And the answer is Tubav. The answer is the 15th of Av, i.e., God's gift was perfect. We misused it. We might not have done with the state of Israel so far what we should have done with it. And especially those Jews who haven't yet made Aliyah, they are at fault. The reason why it's not perfect in the way it should be is our fault and not God's fault. And therefore, I think it's a very important message we can learn from Tubav. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to cut the show a little bit short today because uh, because of the, the technical problems. We will see you again next week at 3 o'clock on Thursday. Thank you for joining us and see you again next time. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. 
plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 